Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If anything, it's going to bring just so much more attention to people, just people realizing the power of their breath. Um, it's something that we do, but it varies, you know, it's between 19 to 27,000 times a day is usually the range. And if you did anything else that many times a day, you'd probably have a pretty good idea of how and why you do it. Um, but our breathing's kind of been swept under the rug a little bit as something that just happens. Yet, cultures that have been around for centuries have been using it for all sorts of different reasons and we've decided that it it's not important this is a special bonus episode that i'm doing with returning guest on the show richie bostock also known as the breath guy now me and richie sat down over a year ago now talking about his work as a breathwork coach, uh, an author now, a speaker, and his mission to spread the life-changing possibilities of breathwork to the world. He's an incredible, inspirational character, and I love his work. And his new book called Exhale is wonderful. It's a real simple guide for people who have either never heard of breathwork or are experienced in breathwork and want to learn more. It dives into the science behind breathwork how to get started and the different exercises for different outcomes. It's brilliant and I've personally had experiences of the incredible effects of this method in a number of different training sessions. He's really, really good at his craft and being able to write a book on the subject is fantastic. We talked about breath work in the podcast that I did with him, but we've also talked about it with neurogastroenterologist uh, Dr. Rabia in uh, another podcast that we did specifically about breathing for your gut. Now, I just want to say that by simply learning how to use our breath as a tool the way nature intended us to can actually lead to dramatic changes. And this is something that Richie goes into a lot more depth in in his book. It's as simple as taking a few simple breaths. In this pod, we start off talking about the process of Richie writing his book, what you can expect from it, um, but we also do a small breath session right at the end that I think is wonderful. It's a, a focused breath session that has quite energetic breathing at the start and then slow, relaxed inhale and exhale at the end. I think you're going to really enjoy it, but again, as we say on the podcast, please only do the breath work if 
you're at home in a relaxed position, you don't have any other issues and certainly not in a swimming pool or in contact with water. So without further ado, this is my bonus podcast episode with Richie uh, where we talk about his new book, Exhale, and we do a breathwork session. I guess when you're in a position that you're in right now, uh, and I am to, to an extent, to maintain the brand and the sort of aesthetic that you've worked so hard to to build, um, it's it's a tough, it's it's harder to make that trade-off. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah. Uh, it, it was really funny um, on the Lawrence podcast and, because I've been on a couple of these panels before of like how to build a wellness business and stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I can tr- truly say hand on my heart that so much of what has happened for me has just been so organic mm-hmm. and very little me thinking strategically about things and yeah. stuff just kind of happening. Yeah. So I was thinking about <laughs> when on a podcast, going on a podcast, I'm like, I wonder how many ways different ways i can say it just happened yeah. like <laughs> like how many different words and synonyms can i use because yeah, yeah. a lot of what i feel like has happened for me has just kind of been that way and for a while I, I i i didn't feel like i could add anything or give advice but now when i really look back retrospectively i i think i do see like why things felt like they just happened but actually it was in because of one decision that i made which was so for breath work, breathe as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. If that was like the, that was the, my strategy. Yeah. That was, as, and that was as much as it is like, just any opportunity, any opportunity you get, yes. And go yeah. and show it. And, yeah. and that's enough. Yeah. And it ended up being kind of that way. Yeah. So it was a lot of like doing stuff for free and a 100%. lot of like, just, you know, even, you know, needing to catch Ubers across you know, to, to East London just to do someone for free. So it costs you like, you know, 60 quid to be able to give a free session, but Definitely. just trusting your gut that actually like, I need to do this. I need to show it to this person. And yeah, yeah like <sighs> it was good. It was good. It was a good podcast. It's getting that experience, you know, like I remember vividly the first event that I did uh, back in 2015, obviously for free. Yeah. Um, and the experiences and, you know, the what you learn from the questions and the crowd and getting to know the community and, you know, where people's pain points are. And then you figure things out once you speak to your users, your yeah. consumers, whatever you want to call them, your community. Um, so yeah, no, it's really interesting to to sort of see that journey in you that's moved. And and uh, uh, just had a flashback now of um, the first time we connected was on my podcast uh, a couple of years ago now, yeah. dude. <laughs> and it was time doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I swear, yeah. it's just not a thing. <laughs> yeah. But it was so good to meet you, and like you were everything that I envisaged in terms of like how grounded you were, how positive you were, you know, obviously you're Aussie, so yeah. you've already got that comes, like natural- Comes with the territory, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now, you know, you've written your book. It's amazing. You have your app out. Yeah, lots happened. You know, and we were, talk- <laughs> and we were talking about the app, weren't we, back yeah. then? So like, yeah, I guess a lot has happened since then. And, um, you know, I feel- I guess very lucky and fortunate to be in the position that I'm in that, you know, things have started to go the way it has. And, and 
with that comes like, a, and I'm sure you feel this as well, you know, a, a tremendous sense of responsibility, you know, like uh, when you feel like you have something that can help people and you, you want to just share it with as many people as possible. It's like, you just get really excited. Yeah. You go like, I, here we go. Like, I, I want to give this to you and hopefully it can help you in your life. You know, um, talking about just showing up all the time and just making that decision of, I just want to breathe people, breathe people, breathe people. The very first festival I did was um, Balance Festival here oh, in yeah. London. Yeah. And uh, I was with a gym at the time and they had like a set space. So they were just doing running classes the entire time. And uh, the class was kind of like doing sort of like a hit workout and then breathing afterwards or some sort of, they wanted to do any kind of meditation or mindfulness, but practice, but it ended up just being me doing every single class and doing breath work, which meant that across the three days of the festival, <sighs> I taught 26 classes. <laughs> <laughs> but again, was just like absolutely delirious by the end of it, but so excited and so happy to be able to see people, to reach people, to share the work that I'm genuinely so passionate about. Um, but, and there was a, there was a rosemary water stand right oh, next yeah. to where we were at. And this was, I don't know if it even exists anymore, but um yeah, we, I became best friends with the promo girl who was handing out the rosemary water. So I think I averaged like 16 waters a day or something <laughs> like that uh, from all the talking. And yeah, so yeah, it was it was a wild time. And yeah. things have moved quite a bit for oh, everybody, I think. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. The, I mean, the last time we spoke um, was when you were doing your session in Hammersmith mm. uh, with Ben and a few other people. It was my first... Um, ice cold water bath how'd you find it it was amazing actually uh, i was very skeptical uh, of it before because i just thought you know what i'm not going to be able to deal with this and it was two minutes i think it was yeah. and luckily the guy who was i for anyone listening to this who doesn't know what an ice water bath is it's basically literally what it says on the tin you um go into a big Paddling like a paddling pool, pool. Yeah, above ground pool, basically. <laughs> ground pool. Yeah. Uh, it's quite big. Um, it's probably about waist high and um, they fill it with ice and water. A ton, one ton of ice. One ton of ice. And a little bit of water just to mush it all together. Just to mush it up together <laughs> so you can actually get into the thing. Yeah. Um, and luckily when we, we came in, at, there's like, I think it was five or six of us sharing it at the same time. You go in and your immediate reaction is, what on earth am I doing in this ice cold water bath in the middle of, I think it was like November or something like yeah. that. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. It was a cold day as well. Yes. Um, but luckily I had the guided meditation teacher just over my right ear, ah. uh, you know, just reminding ourselves to breathe, to, you know, work with it. Don't fight the cold, accept the cold, surrender to it, all that kind of stuff. So luckily he was there and the two minutes flew by once I got into my sort of rhythm. And, you know, the, the, it's really interesting to note some of the benefits of a number of different sports, one of them being outdoor swimming, uh, cold water swimming, cycling, uh, and the impact on adiposity, immune system uh, benefits, as well as cognitive benefits, because for the rest of that day, and perhaps the next day, I felt really, really refreshed, really refreshed. You know, there are, like you say, there are those very real physical benefits that anecdotally or even can be can be measured and and i think you know many people will will go into the ice bath or 
try and create some sort of routine of cold exposure for that reason. Um, but I know for me and most of the people that I work with, the, the, the value of putting yourself in a position of physiological stress and having to work out a way to be able to find the calm or the peace or the being okay in that moment, that training is what really translates so incredibly into life because, you know, how much, you know, throughout the day does, does stuff happen? We all live crazy fast paced lives and, and we're constantly being bombarded with information and different people and interacting with all sorts of different things. And, um, you know, we're going to be triggered emotionally all the time. It's just little things, whether consciously or unconsciously. And it is such a beautiful gift to be able to have to maybe have the body go into a state of stress because something just happened in your life. Um, maybe someone spoke to you a little bit too nastily or you stepped off the curb and nearly got hit by a cyclist or delivery rider going by or something. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, to have that momentary stress response, but have the training in your mind to be able to go, you know what, but I'm okay yeah. and I'm fine. And what that means is that you start to break this loop of feeling some sort of emotion, whether it's stress or anxiety or panic or anger, and then thinking why you are feeling that which then causes you to feel more of that as you release a whole new set of chemicals and hormones that create the feeling of emotion inside of you. And then you can, it breaks the cycle of feeling and thinking, thinking and feeling and, and round and round you go. So I find that people who are able to maintain like a, a, a regular practice of cold exposure activity, they, they re- develop a whole new relationship to stress mm. where they become much more like uh, unshakable and and that in itself, purely just through that presence presence of mind, means that it affects you physically because you start to, you know, be able to move out of any kind of stress responses that you might be chronically exhibiting or, or existing in all the time, um, which obviously has so many great effects, right, physically mm-hmm. for the body. Uh, you know, I have one person. I love what you said wild swimming. Uh, I know one person who. Uh, was really going through a tough time, terrible anxiety attacks and terrible panic attacks. And it was, she'll say that it's wild swimming that saved her, mm. cold water swimming, and that it really, sh- it shifted her body's ability to be able to move between states of stress and states of relaxation. Um, it's that you stress, right? It's that controlled moments of stress where that, you know, we're very used to when we exercise, but can you use things like cold water, even breathing you know, because we can change it the way our nervous system is firing uh, through breathing as well um, as an exercise to be able to better prepare our mental states. That's a lovely segue into breathing. <laughs> Are we here to talk about breathing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I love how we spent the, the first part of this pod talking about I swore swimming when your book is obviously about breathing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bit of breathing in my book. Uh, <laughs> And I also talk a little bit about cold water as well in the book because that's obviously where it all started for me. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited about the book coming out. You know, it's like um, it's it's the book I wish that I first had when I started Breathwork. So I, in mind, when I was writing this, always just had the version of me that knew nothing and mm. was like, what were the main questions that I had? Okay. And the thing is, Breathwork is such a big spectrum or or field of work and you can the breath is central to everything we do which means you can use it in so many different ways so i really was like how can i create something that kind of 
paints the landscape of this is what the breath can do for you and therefore can be relevant to as many people as possible, give, you know, the, a taste of all the different ways that you can use the breath and then, you know, the direction for people to dive deeper in a specific subject if, you know, maybe athletic performance is their big thing that they want to focus on. Well, there's some stuff you can use for athletic performance in the book, um, um, but, you know, there is links to how you can go deeper with the practice or if you're really wanting to work on your own personal development, how to use the breath as an incredible form of therapy. Well, there's ways to do it in the book. And mm. if you want to go deeper, check this out, mm. you know. So it's kind of like it's 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 the book I that I would hope that people who are coming to this work for the first time can pick up and read and understand and go, oh, wow, I didn't know that my breathing was this important and could help me in so many different ways. Mm. Yeah. It's called Exhale, by the way, the book. <laughs> I don't think I mentioned it. Yeah. It's called Exhale. <laughs> I love the, the, um, that the way you approach this book, actually, because, you know, I think for certainly the first time we met and um, the first time I, I came into sort of knowledge around breath work and its benefits and the evidence base behind it, it was kind of this big, big world full of lots of claims, whether they be erroneous or whether they be evidence-based or not. And I think having a simple guide for how to use breath on a daily basis for the first time, or even just becoming aware of the science behind it, is such a useful guide for people, particularly now, because it seems that breath work in the short time period between our first podcast and now has become massive mm. everyone's talking about mindfulness and breathing three four five breathing box breathing all the different techniques that we've talked about and you've talked about in your book but now it just seems to be in the mainstream consciousness and that's what's so exciting about it i think is you know i think mindfulness has you know really come into its own in in the western world whether for good or for bad, I think there's, you know, a couple of different ways to look at it. Um, and meditation as well, obviously, has been around forever. Um, but I think a lot of people still struggle with those terms and those ideas um, because a lot of it, you know, is the mind trying to gain some sort of control on the mind. So it's like you're using the thing that you are struggling with in the first place to try and gain control over itself which can be really tricky. And actually, you know, people ask me, do I meditate? Because why meditate when you can just do breath work? Because breath work tends to be a lot easier. But I, I meditate every day because there is such a benefit to going through the struggle and the process of actually moving yourself into that meditative state. Like there's, uh, there's that process itself has so many learnings. Um, but breath work is unique in that you're using the body to get a control and affect the mind, which is so much easier. And it just, it means that any Joe blow off the street can come, come, you know, can come in and do a session and breathe for a few minutes and feel something like guaranteed. It has to happen because of physiologically what's happening in the body. So it's so accessible and in many ways, very easy to do. Um, and what's exciting is that it is becoming more evidence-based as you know, more and more, uh, institutions and universities are looking to uh, do more studies and understand really what's going on. Uh, and there's some incredible people who have just purely dedicated themselves to breath who are really leading the charge 
in 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 understanding the real science of what happens people like brian mckenzie and um so they're brilliant and they're going to really help in in pushing this work and you know at the same time one of the most exciting ways that you can use breath work is the part that's probably the least scientifically explored by this point so and i really am excited to see where that goes um but uh, you know even in my book i you know almost all the techniques that i share have you know studies backing them up and 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 show where it comes from mm. but then at the end there is kind of the uh, and here comes the woo woo because <laughs> <laughs> I have to still tell you this part because this is awesome yeah and really it's mostly me sh- telling stories and sharing my experiences of the various things that have happened for me during breath work mm-hmm. and the various things being like having out of body experiences. Um, you know, having various re- relivings and re- and releasing and integrating of traumas that have happened in my life just by breathing, um, being visited by Indian saints, mm. you know, and and so these that's kind of the the part that a lot of people are going to go, hmm, mm. that's interesting, but it's nice to just chuck it in there, <laughs> <laughs> just as a you know what there's this is something an area where breathwork can take you. And if you're curious and you just want to give it a go, then who knows what would happen. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's really exciting that even what we call integrated breath work, which is the very deeper styles of breath work where we go into altered states of consciousness and, and where you can have tremendous healing or spiritual experiencing, more and more people are really excited about what that is mm. because that can really, really help humanity in a big and quick way uh it's in the same way a lot of people are talking about things like um even psychedelic substances and you have uh organizations like maps and imperial college center for psychedelic research who are looking into the clinical um uses of various psychedelic substances and seeing tremendous results and going wow this is something that could be really special well, how cool would it be if you could have similar results but not have to take anything mm. and just breathe? Mm. Um, it comes from you. It's very empowering, you know, to, to think that you can heal yourself or, you know, have these different and interesting experiences just by doing something you do every day uh, is, is pretty profound, I think, and is one of my favorite things that I like to teach people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the honesty. I think yeah. it's really important to be upfront about the anecdotes. Um because, you know, otherwise people are less forthcoming about their own experiences um when actually there might be something to it. Um it, it reminds me of a podcast I did with uh, Jeffrey Rediger, who's a Harvard psychiatrist who spent most of his clinical career now studying spontaneous remission wow and spontaneous remission of a whole bunch of different conditions whether it be autoimmune cancer um a whole bunch of of different conditions and you know we in the medical profession particularly are are bad at um you know discounting people's individual experiences as one-offs unless it fits the current paradigm and in reality the paradigms that we've been taught are quite um they're pretty rigid they're not as malleable as they perhaps should be i remember uh, actually um 
to counter that point, when I first went to medical school, uh, a really distinguished professor on one of our first days in the first month um, said to us, 50% of what you're going to learn during medical school is going to be found to be factually incorrect by the time you qualify. So just keep that open mind. And that was kind of systematically beaten out of me as, wow. I, as, I, as I progressed through medicine. And I had to come around full circle when I had my own illnesses and, and you know, overcame it using a lifestyle medicine approach. So I, I actually think it's really important to be open and honest about anecdotes in general um, because you never know where it could lead scientific thinking. And l- unless we pay attention to things, we'll, we'll miss it. I, I, I completely agree, you know. Um, I have plenty of friends who uh, either through their own, you know, sicknesses or helping others, maybe family or friends have started to look at alternative forms of healing and therapy and have had, you know, really fantastic results. And when they go to their traditional doctors and the doctors go, this is really good. Like, what are you doing? And then I'm just thinking of one person right now in my mind. I think her response, she told me the story literally two days ago. Um, uh, so, yeah, the doctor's like, what are you doing? And then she goes, I mean, I could tell you, but you're not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, oh, no, please tell me because yeah. like, I'm looking at what's happening. It's quite remarkable how quickly you've, 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 um, you've recovered. And she goes, yeah, well... I've been seeing this person and, you know, he's been doing some energy healing and literally just went, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, you know, the doctor goes, well, that's great. You know, keep doing what you're doing. It's working for you. Mm -hmm. And I have all the respect for anybody in the medical industry or the frontline practitioners. And one of the things I think of is like, you know, you, you you're seeing so many people like I and I know what it's like to to see person after person and it takes a lot of energy and so you might have one of your patients come and explain something that seems remarkable and you can acknowledge it and be like fantastic but I kind of need to see the next patient now and you know I need to save my brain space and my energy to be able mm. to serve the next person at the mm. best that I can so it's like sometimes I think it's almost unreasonable to expect frontline doctors to be like you are amazing tell me everything i'm going to research every single thing that you tell me and da 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 it's then you guys have a job and it's you know it's intense and but at the same time you know of course it's nice to see as 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 every as you know our evolution as as human beings and as a society continues what new ways of looking at the body or looking at mental health emotional health you know I, I actually believe that things like energy work are going to become more mainstream and are going to, as we develop the devices and practices to be able to measure what's going on, which do exist in places like Russia, but just haven't really gotten to, to the Western world yet. Um, Russian hospitals use devices to measure people's energy to see if uh, they're ready to go on strong enough to take surgery, for example. So, you know, there's some interesting things out there. Um but once I think the technology catches up where we can start to quantitatively measure things, then people will be like, wow. Mm. But at the same time, there are a lot of really cool uh, studies and meta-analyses of uh, various alternative treatments, I think. I think that like Reiki, for example, is one of the most popular energy practices. And I think there's been a lot of studies now around what Reiki can do. 
Um, not for everybody, but obviously it can help a certain po- segment of the population. Um, and I do hope that happens for breath work. You know, I've been speaking with some people for a while now about trying to get into a fMRI mm. and do the breathing practices that we do and really measure what happens in the brain. Mm. Um, because I think if we see that, then that will spur a whole new curiosity and um, hopefully some excitement around trying to research this more. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we see that um, to your point about fMRIs and stuff with um, psychedelics uh, like ayahuasca mm. and, and, uh, and other substances. Um, where they can actually see areas of the brain that are lighting up whilst people are on a trip and what that might translate into as to why people are having hallucinogenic effects, um, erasing or revisiting memories, all all those different sort of aspects of it. And then, but I think um, with like energy healing, Reiki, all those other things, they suffer from the same issues with nutritional medicine in that the current methods of scientific study aren't really suited for those um, modes of, of intervention, it's very hard to blind. Um, it's very hard to, you know, a- accurately measure someone's dietary history at the moment. We haven't cracked that. Um, but there are some interesting uh, avenues into alternative methods or complementary methods, I should say, toward a whole bunch of different things. Actually, I was sent by a good friend of mine, um, actually one of my best friends who's a gastroenterologist, uh, almost a consultant now. And um, it was a study looking at sham acupuncture versus genuine acupuncture and the statistical uh, significance of the impact of the genuine acupuncture. So it wasn't just the, and that's a prime example of a good way of being able to distinguish between what might be placebo effect versus an, an intended benefit of a natural procedure. Um, so it, just for the listeners, you know, it wasn't just because someone gave you attention and stuck needles in you. There was something in the way the needles were placed in a genuine um, method. I don't know that much about Chinese medicine, but uh, there was definitely a method to the acupuncture itself that had an impact on the gastrointestinal disease being. So there was a statistically significant difference. between. There was definitely an improvement. Yeah. And there was a multi-center study as well. I need to dig it out. He sent it to me. There weren't too many um, individuals involved. And again, this is the issue because mm. of cost and, yeah. you know, the, the, the impact. But when, you, when you're looking at low, relatively low cost interventions compared to, I don't know, disease modifying uh, agents that w- we use routinely in, in the NHS and other healthcare systems, we definitely need to entertain more of those because um, it's low cost. Most of them are safe and potentially effective. So, yeah, as, as is breathwork. <laughs> yeah, as is as breath work. I mean, here's the cool thing about it, right? It's, it's as soon as you learn the technique, then you have something for with you for life that won't cost you a penny until they start taxing air. So, <laughs> yeah. which you know, who knows? Maybe will happen one day. But that's that's what's beautiful is you know it is it is a free technology once you learn how to use it. Mm. It's like, you know, we, we didn't ever get the instruction manual on how to use our breath. Mm. So it's almost like inside of each and every one of us, we have like uh, the Swiss army knife that we can use for all sorts of different reasons, mm. but no one got taught how to open up the different bits and pieces of the knife. Mm. So, yeah. Well, actually, to, on that point, what, why don't you walk us through Excel and, and the, the book and, and, you know, how you guide people on that on that journey that you wish you had and, and how people can actually get started? So 
the book covers a few different areas. Um, it starts off with actually understanding the science of your breath and how it affects you and gives you a way to be able to observe and almost analyze your own breathing to see if it is actually in a way that is you know, serving you, whether it's physically, mentally, and even emotionally. Um, so there's almost, there's like a step-by-step guide on how to actually look and observe your breath. You have to actually record yourself breathing and, and, and look back and watch back and a way to be able to go, okay, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. Therefore I am a, this kind of breather. So you almost get to put a little bit of a, a, a classification on where you're at. And then there's a bespoke program. It's a 21 day, uh, breathe right program that based off what you are and where you're at with the various different types of aspects, we look at your breathing, uh, how to be able to correct it. So it involves things like stretches it involves things like foam rolling. It involves, um, different breathing exercises and even breath holding exercises. So you create like this little 20 minute custom plan that you can do daily for 21 days. And that will just take you strides towards um, optimizing your breath. And then much like in your books, there's a bit of a a cookbook of breathing techniques (laughs) on all these different ways that you can use the breath. Um, So, you know, we cover the very obvious ones like sleep, uh, stress and anxiety, panic attacks, um, nervousness, creating energy. But then there's some less obvious ones like how to make better decisions, how to use it to increase creativity or how to focus, um, how to have better sex, how to quit smoking. You know, uh, there's and then things like for asthma, for autoimmune diseases, for high blood pressure. So it really paints a picture of all the different ways that you can use the breath there's even one for road rage on there you know like and very relevant in london these days i'm telling you yeah. although traffic's back and people are going insane i swear <laughs> anyway but like um but yeah so so there's th- i feel like that i wanted to create something where uh there'll be something that's useful for everybody but also it's a useful just to have it around for just in case something that pops up later in life, a scenario that you can then use your breath for. And hopefully you'll remember, like, oh, didn't that book say something about, um, yeah, an autoimmune disease? Well, such and such, my my father just got diagnosed with one. So now what does it say? How can I help him? You know? Um, So yeah, it's it's really exciting. Um, I, I just feel like, if anything, it's going to bring just so much more attention to people, just people realizing the power of their breath. Um. It's something that we do, but it varies, you know, it's between 19 to 27,000 times a day is usually the range. And if you did anything else that many times a day, you'd probably have a pretty good idea of how and why you do it. Uh, But our breathing's kind of been swept under the rug a little bit as something that just happens. Yet cultures that have been around for centuries have been using it for all sorts of different reasons. And we've decided that it, it's not important. Well, as you said, in the last couple of years, people have realized, hey, there's something here. Um, and you just need to experience it. That's the biggest thing. It's if you just try, be open to trying it out. And yeah, once you once you experience it, then you know it. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait for people to get their hands on the book, man. Oh, thank you, mate. <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know what what your experience of writing a book is like, but... I'm not very good at sitting in front of a computer and like typing yeah. stuff for long periods of time. 
And so it was a real exercise in discipline for me. Yeah. You know, in school and university, I was one of those people that left everything to the last minute, any assignment or anything, (laughs) and then do an all-nighter to get it in. Um, So I had that tendency in me. I could see it of like, oh, I could procrastinate and do Mm. something else. Mm. Um, But uh, it was, I'm very, very proud of the book. Very proud of myself, actually, for for, for managing to <laughs> do it. You. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give myself credit. I'm very proud of myself, uh, and I just hope it helps as many people as possible. Well, it's a great book, mate. yeah, uh, and I'm I'm sure it will. And um, you know, on that note, I think we should. Uh, if, could I choose what kind of breath work I need this afternoon? Yes, do <laughs> absolutely. You'll just just let me know. I think I need some focus. Uh, focus. I've got some some uh, some assignments to do um later on today yeah. uh, that i need to figure out so i know your your book is like a smorgasbord of different yeah. sort of birth work techniques but that one is definitely one that i think is uh, quite interesting because i'm quite interested in productivity and all the other you know things that we were talking about earlier in terms of the project so yeah and ironically uh Probably the technique I use the most during writing the book. Oh, right. (laughs) To sit down and focus. Nice. So what we um, have been able to measure when, like, uh, I have some basic biofeedback devices at home that can do basic EEG, basic HRV, and these kinds of things, Um, even pulse oximetry. And, um, you know, when... When you couple a couple of different breathing styles together, it seems to be able to put you in the best, we call it like being in the zone, right? And what it looks like is combining an energizing style of breath that creates a mild stress response in the body because that's what energizing styles of breath do. Then combining that and ending that with a relaxing style of breath. So it's like you do one for a period of time and then do the other one straight afterwards. So mm-hmm. it might take you three to five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would like to, I can, I have lots of different energizing breaths and relaxing style breaths in, in the book. But if we pick Energizer Bunny, which is a breath where you breathe three times in through the nose quite quickly and then sigh out through the mouth. And it's called Energizer Bunny because when people do it for the first time and you, they're breathing quickly through their nose, they kind of like start to, twitch their nose all around mm. like a mm. like a little bunny rabbit so um it will sound something like this because you can't see it so it goes <sighs> it's an old sufi technique mm. <sighs> so it's fast mm. and as a general principle a faster style of breath is going to energize you it's going to activate the sympathetic response mildly get you ready to do something mm-hmm. in in the brain what that will look like as well is moving the your brain waves into perhaps a with something like this maybe just mid-level beta brain wave which is not stressed but it's kind of you're active and you're 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 about to do something and um so you would do this breath for like 45 seconds or so. And we, maybe we can do it together. Mm. Um, and then after that, you use a, a breath style to help you to relax. Now, if an energizing style is fast, then it makes sense that a relaxing style is slower. So we use the breath to slow everything down um, and bring ourselves more into that parasympathetic state. And in the brain, that would also look like bringing the brain waves. Ultimately, if you did this for long enough into an alpha brainwave state, but after doing this um, faster breathing technique first, it's really going to bring you more into a lower 
beta brainwave state, which is actually the best state for focus. Um, there's been the, the study I mentioned in the book, which I'm forgetting the name of the person, the researcher now, but basically he took a bunch of um, children with ADHD and then stimulated their uh, brains for uh, a lower brainwave state and their IQ went up 21 points. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's fantastic for, for getting in the zone. Mm. So um, if we use Energizer Bunny and then let's use coherence breathing afterwards, which is the most simple thing you can do. Breathing in and out through the nose, six seconds in, six seconds out, nice and slow, and that's it. So, I don't know, do you want to try it? Yeah, or? let's try it, Okay, man. cool. And I'm going to, uh, do you mind if I uh, measure this on my aura ring? Yeah, Just of course. I'm, I'm yes. fascinated by the insights I have when I meditate, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna record it and just see what what it. Don't have my timer on me, so I can't even measure how long we're going for. But that's all right. We'll just that's all right. It. We'll just wing it. Play it by ear. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're joining us at home, you're doing these techniques, please make sure you're doing them in a safe environment. So you're not driving, not operating any machinery. You're not in water, um, because particularly with the Energizer Bunny, you'll feel a bit buzzy, and sometimes people feel a bit lightheaded. Uh, and then obviously when we start to bring things down with coherence breathing, you might just kind of drift off a bit. So um, please be in a safe place, sitting comfortably. So one more time, Energizer Bunny looks like this. It's three inhales through the nose, progressively filling up your lungs more and more. So by the time you get to the third breath, your lungs are more or less quite full. And then just sighing out through the mouth. And then coherence breathing, which we'll do afterwards, six seconds in, six seconds out through the nose. That's pretty straightforward. So I'll do it with you and then I'll guide you as we go. So I invite you now, you can even close your eyes if you like, get comfy wherever it is that you're seated. Exhale out through the nose and we will begin with our Energizer Bunny together. So in, 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 out. In, 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 out. In, 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 out nose 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 mouth nose 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 mouth you got it so nose 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 mouth nose 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 mouth in 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 out and keep it going so you have a pace and i just sped it up a little bit so staying with that and if you start to feel a bit spacey or lightheaded that's okay you might even start to feel your body feel like it wants to move or your heart rate accelerate a little bit that's because we're creating that mild sympathetic stimulation in the body and we're just going to do it a few more times so keep it going filling up the lungs with that third breath almost full so it's not a short breath or a small breath it's a quite a big breath but quickly all right so just a couple more Last one. Great. Now just take a nice long inhale through the nose all the way up and just side out through the mouth. <sighs> okay. So now we're going to move into our coherence breathing. So breathing in and out through the nose, I invite you to exhale out. And then we're going to inhale for a count of six together in three, two, one, and in, two, Three, four, five, six, out, two, three, four, five, six, in through the nose, two, three, four, five, six, out through the nose, two, three, four, five, six, in, 
two, three, four, five, six, out, two, three, four, five, six, in, two, three, four, five, six, out, two, three, four, five, six, in, two, three, four, five, six, out, two, three, four, five, six. Now keep going yourself. You have the pace and really, really paying attention to the length of your inhales and your exhales. So you really want to ration the breath so that you are inhaling for the entire six seconds in and exhaling for the entire six seconds out. It might feel a little bit challenging to do, and that's okay. And that's actually part of the practice is learning to be so delicate and to be so gentle with the breath that you can extend it out for six seconds in, six seconds out. When you really start to practice more with this, you'll be able to go seven seconds, eight seconds, nine seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds. The longest exhale that I've managed to do was two minutes, 14 seconds. So one of my teachers, Dan Brulé, his longest exhale, he was over four minutes. So you can do some pretty cool things with the breath. And really there is no limit. but we all start somewhere. So seeing if you can maintain that six seconds in nice and slow, inhaling all the way. And even when you get to the top of your inhale, you shouldn't feel as though you have any straining or tension, like you're trying to overinflate your lungs. Still leave a little bit of space because you want the whole process to feel kind of relaxing. And if you're trying to breathe in as much as you can and exhale as much as you can, well, that can just put undue stress on the body. So see if you can find a comfortable range of inhalation and exhalation and just doing it nice and slow. And we'll just go for a little longer here. When you do this yourself, maybe 40 seconds or so, 40 seconds to a minute of Energizer Bunny, and then about three minutes of coherence breathing. I don't know how long we've gone for, but I'm sure we're probably nearly there. So maybe just finishing the next breath you're on, exhaling out, and then just relaxing for a moment and just keep your eyes closed for a second and just see if anything feels different in the body. If there's any sensation, sensation. Maybe your even your breathing feels a little bit different. Maybe it feels little bit easier or a little bit more open, or maybe you, your body just feels a bit more soft and relaxed. And when you feel ready, you can open your eyes and come back to the world of the senses. 
sometimes it's the hardest thing to do to come back. You're like, no, <laughs> I want to stay here. How do you feel? Definitely a lot lighter. Yeah. A lot, a lot lighter. Yeah. I think the um, the energizer bit was um, uh, challenging, but I don't think we went for that long. And there was definitely lightheadedness that yes. made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. But the, the breath work at the end... Um, was great i love the description that you made about you know it not feeling too stressful right at the end of the inhale mm. i felt like i could inhale even more mm, and that's and a good place to be yeah my my lungs felt almost like an elastic band like you know and i was just pushing it very very slightly putting some tension on it and then the exhale was really nice and easy so i feel like in my practice i'm gonna i'm gonna experiment a bit more with that maybe push the inhale and exhale slightly longer maybe, maybe by a second or two uh, but that that yeah that's i'm definitely going to be doing a lot more of that kind of stuff i think during the day i don't do it enough i've and I've, how interesting is it you know when you mentioned you, know, you did the energizer bunny and it felt like kind of uncomfortable right mm. so what a great you know um what great evidence of how you're activating the systems to create that stress response and that stress response can lead to feelings of anxiety or mm. worry or panic and because it's the same thing that happens in the body when you go through an anxiety attack or a panic attack, you know, mm. and, and, but again, it's all, again, it's almost creating that you stress. Can you do these kinds of breathing techniques and just be completely relaxed and go, you know what? Sure. I can feel these sensations coming up in my body, but I know them and I'm comfortable with them and they mm. feel totally fine. And then something weird happens and you start to learn to enjoy them. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, is this a good thing? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, I like that analogy with a lot of different things that we do to improve health. They sound quite counterintuitive. So, you know, if you look at exercise as an example, you're literally shearing muscles and causing an inflammatory response. But the impact of your body's repair mechanisms is actually what leads to greater resilience hypertrophy the, uh, of the muscle and, and better outcomes in, uh, across the board whether yeah. it be heart health cognitive health the same thing with food you know a lot of the plants are causing uh eliciting a mild inflammatory response like turmeric for example really yeah so the, the, the process is called um hormesis which is essentially where you elicit a mild um uh, inflammation response a literal inflammation response and it's the uh, reaction of your body's natural antioxidant defense mechanisms um, that actually leads to benefits in an overall anti-inflammatory effect. Um, right. It's really interesting. It's sort of the basis behind why resveratrol might have cognitive and cardiac benefits. Turmeric, again, uh, is another thing that has hormetic effects. Um, a number of different dark green leafy vegetables, the brassica family, these actually induce uh, effects that sound counterintuitive, but it's the impact of that. And and to that point, you know, um, I'm just looking at my stats on my on my um, uh, device, yeah, my aura yeah. ring, yeah. Uh, so my heart rate went all the way up, obviously during the energizer, but then it's that that response afterwards, and I can tell that my my heart rate came right down. So like probably around 44 beats. So a good difference there. Do you then, have the beginning resting heart rate on there as well? So I didn't do, what, what I should have done is put it on right at the start uh, and then left it for a minute yes. and then done the practice. So okay. I don't have my beginning resting right. heart rate, but I imagine 
my resting heart rate is usually around 46 to 48 it's fairly low um, uh, yeah and then at night it's like 45 nice um but yeah that that went up to like 52 at the start and then it probably went up higher than that i feel like it went it must have gone it must have gone higher yeah, yeah it's a stimulating breath exactly one. yeah it's uh the first couple of minutes they they didn't register oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it definitely would have gone higher than that because yeah. i could feel my heart going yes, and then yes. uh, the next time it registered it was around 50 56 so gotcha. yeah but yeah, that was that was great, man. I, I'm definitely going to be doing that a lot more. Uh, oh my gosh. I tell you, that one saved me during the book writing process. <laughs> it was sit in front of a computer. Okay, next four minutes, just do this. Breathe in. And it always just completely, for me anyway, it always resets uh, how, it also, in an interesting way, just resets how I feel about the work. Mm, it's mm. a great, and so you could use it even for procrastination as well. Yeah. Um, you know, even for addictions, you know, mm. when perhaps if you struggle with, you know, it could be smoking, it could be even food addictions. Um, you know, when we talk about the hubs, harder substances and stuff, that's perhaps a little bit different, but, but quite often all you need actually is a moment to just break that pattern of addiction. And breath is an incredible way to do that because it can shift your state rapidly. Um, you can, you know, if, if you can, you can create the energy if it's what you need to do to break it, or you can, you can relax, uh, relax deeper with it. Um, you know, sometimes what I do is if I feel like I'm hungry and there's a big difference between being hungry, hungry and emotionally hungry. Mm. And sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. Uh, when I was, uh, I've done a few fasting exercises recently, like 72 hour fasts and mm. stuff. And you really learn a lot about yourself when you do those experiments. Um, but if a great way to tell if you're emotionally hungry or actually hungry, hungry is to just, before you go to the pantry or reach for the fridge, just sit down and do some breathing for three minutes. And even coherence breathing is by itself is great. And just see if that feeling of hunger passes in mm. that three minutes. If it does, then actually you're okay. You don't need mm. to. Mm. um need to eat it might be it's not the body craving nutrients and actually it's an emotional crutch yeah um so it's that's a useful thing to do i think it's a really good tool yeah it's sort of uh one of the um practices of mindful eating is you know take a few breaths before or often sitting in front of a computer screen and just scoffing away when you don't actually become intuitive or you know at one with how your body's feeling and how it's reacted to food it's one of the reasons why i try and eat slow although mm. i need to work on that and i'm pretty hungry right now so uh, we should probably yeah, let's we should probably food. Yeah. <laughs> the room still smells like uh, yeah. what you were cooking before yeah, i'm yeah. very excited <laughs> yeah we're gonna be having a, a curry with um red kidney beans um some fried mushrooms and um yeah loads oh, of spices you're gonna so like good. it so excited <laughs> so excited cooked by the man himself yeah <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you can pick up Exhale. Uh, check out the doctorskitchen.com forward slash podcast. I've put all the links there for Richie. Uh, and I really hope you enjoyed that breathwork session. It's definitely something I want to do a lot more regularly. And I think a lot of people can benefit from simply just being aware of the breath throughout the day when using computers, when waking up in the morning. It's something that I'm introducing into my regular morning routine and making part of regular practice. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I will see you soon.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.